0: It's time for Love Talk with the lovelies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking today about the action of Easter. Thank you, Gabby. This is Evelyn, and we are in the studio today, and we are pumped because we have one of our first ladies on, uh, on stage with us today. Welcome, 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 Miss
1: Miss Kathy and Rock, it is so great to be here. It's Evelyn, I've had such a fantastic time with you guys in Texas and being in studio and getting to see friends and family and my beautiful gir- girl over there at Baylor. Um, but for Baylor. <laughs> for Baylor. I mean, Carrie, it's great to sit across from you and do these radio programs every Saturday.
2: Absolutely. You're beautiful as always, Kathy Inderbrock, <laughs> uh, inside and out. It is great to have you here with us. I, I'm always Filled with joy when you're here with us and so sad when you leave to go back to Boise, Idaho. Welcome friends to Love Talk. This is Coach Carrie Brinkater and we're so thankful that you have joined the love ladies. Of course, the first lady of love, Miss Evelyn Davison, who opened our show today, uh been doing this show love talk for thirty five years. And we're so thankful to our radio station, KTXW, where we can build bridges of love and leadership, not only in Texas, Miss Evelyn, mm. but across America and across
0: the world. You know, that's interesting, uh, to start with today because about ten years ago we had a, a, uh our about 10 years ago yes it was we had an invite to come to not israel but uh another country and i won't name it but uh they wanted us to come and do a week of love talk from this particular place and it was highly um legalistic you know they the christians that were there were were not honored in any way and um we did some money on it, and turned out it was a fraud Oh. <laughs> you know when you look at at a an adventure like we have with love talk you don 't know whether god 's going to use it you don 't know where we don 't have we have calls from sometimes we don 't have as many now as we used to all over the world.
1: You know, I love what you say because I I heard uh, this this saying and I can't remember where, but it says, I was born again, but I wasn't born yesterday. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I just, I I love uh, when we hear from people uh, overseas, especially listening to Love Talk, live streaming it. I think that is just so amazing. And we do get requests to go out and talk Mm -hmm. and to meet with people. But, you know, you do have to look into every single Mm reason request, because there's a lot of them that have some ulterior motives, and uh, you have to do a little bit of homework, and I think, you know, as as Christians, we do uh, maybe because Uh, you know christ calls us to be kind and gracious and generous and compassionate and so uh, i think there is this segment that that think oh yeah they're you know christians are so gullible they just don't know Mm -hmm. but what they forget is that uh, christ also gives us a lot of wisdom and insight as we press into things and um anyway it's a great big world out there. It's a great time to be alive. You know, gosh, last Saturday of March. Happy Saturday, everyone. I can't believe that March is coming to an end. We're flying through the spring.
2: Flying through. It's beautiful here, though, in central Texas as we see the blue bonnets popping their heads up and the red poppies and all of the things um, because we have had kind of a a wet time, which is Which is great. We always need that. So so welcome to Love Talk, friends. Today, we are called to action at Easter. Our key verses for today, Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What a beautiful picture of Christ's sacrificial love for us. Um, and as we go through our program today, we're gonna just have action items all day. I don't know if you ever get emails that say action item, right? So <laughs> um, that, <laughs> <laughs> that is what we are called to do. John thirteen thirty four, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Well, friends, I know that you love to hear about what's going on in our world. Uh, Miss Evelyn, you've got your new book coming out, Love Talking and Love Walking with Jesus. Excited about that and Governor's Prayer Breakfast?
0: Well, we are. And when you... Get as old as I am now
1: <laughs> I'm not make, buying any of it, yeah, no. when
0: I get old man I'll slap my hands <laughs> and do this uh you know take it down the tone. when you're you've lived long enough to see the traditions change and see families change um, it's really revealing. revealing to to the one that's interested in pursuing that. How God blesses with leaders. And we right now are in the biggest battle of a long, long time about who's going to lead America next.
1: That's true. I mean, we did our whole kind of winter, early spring series on decisions because 2020 is a decision year. And I mean, we, friends, we just thank you so much for all of your feedback from that decision series and everyone who's going to our archives. At LovetalkNetwork.com and and listening through that decision series, it really helped me kind of prepare for mm-hmm. 2020 and take a really close look at the the, the decisions that we're making and. I love as we are finishing up uh, March and we're heading into Easter that we can make that decision to prepare for what Christ is doing, prepare for what Christ has done. It's an important uh, time to mm-hmm. be uh, alive and be engaged and be in action.
0: And look at what it cost. Yes. The cross is what it costs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and you think about that and. It's not dreary, it's life, it's love. Gee, Jesus loved us enough that he did that.
1: Yeah. Because mm-hmm.
0: that was what the Father, you know, blood, it's a blood issue. And it, it, when we look at it, we don't see it like uh, the um, first century Christians saw it. Mm-hmm. They saw it as punishment. And now it's, it's not, what is it? It's lifted. You know, it's.
1: Well, you know, it's so interesting, Easter, because I know a lot of people who don't have a relationship with Christ and they they don't quite understand Christianity. Mm -hmm. They say, well, how can you be so happy and joyous about a person dying on a cross? I mean, that's dark. That's brutal. Why would you celebrate that? Why would you say happy bunny, fluffy bunny and eggs (laughs) and all of this stuff? Why would you be celebrating someone's death? And, And this is the thing about Easter is, friends, we're not celebrating the death. We are celebrating the resurrection, the it's fact alive. that Jesus Christ is alive. He is active. He has overcome death. The death on his death on the cross gave us forgiveness, but his resurrection on that Sunday gave us power over sin and power over death, and it's just a thing to be celebrated and
2: celebrated in a very big way. Mm-hmm. Well, as we talk about Easter, it's important, you know, here we are, we're in the middle of this Lent season, Lenten season, and I know many of our friends listening have possibly sacrificed something for <laughs> for Lent. Uh, my boys and my family have given up sugar, which, you know, it's great for them, but it's really hard on the rest of us <laughs> because they're a little grumpy Why? sometimes. Why would um, they do that? Well, you know, my boys love sugar. Mm-hmm. They love it. And Which, they would both just overdose on sugar. Uh-huh. And so they both decided that it was more healthy for them to give that up. I mean, Christ gave up so much for us. He gave mm-hmm. his life for us. Yeah. You know, for us to just give up something small like that for a time to reflect on what Christ did for us, I think is rather magnificent.
0: Well, you know, he, he never takes something from us that he doesn't give us something better. Mm-hmm. If we really are walking with him, tell the boys to try honey.
2: Right. Well, then, you know what? I tell them that all the time. I tell Logan that all the time. He's eating, you know, like a piece of dry toast because he can't put jelly on it. And I'm like, Bubba, just yes, put some honey can. on there. Put some honey on there. I
0: don't need you eat sugar. I eat all honey.
2: Yes, absolutely. So it's, um, you know, I, I, I want to I talk about what, there's an online publication that's called More Christianity and You know, if if you're wondering about this season of Lent, here's a description. Lent is the period of 40 days which comes before Easter, okay, on the Christian calendar. It begins on Ash Wednesday, and it's a season of reflection and preparation before the celebrations of Easter. So by observing the 40 days of Lent, it's a way for Christians, for us to, to kind of replicate the sacrifice that Jesus gave to us when mm-hmm. he died on the cross. Also, remember that he withdrew to the desert for 40 days. And at the end of his time in the desert, Satan tempted him and came up. I mean, he, it even says specifically in the scripture that Jesus says, after 40 days, I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the first thing Satan tempts him with, is, hey, let's just turn this, this rock into bread, you know? Yeah. And I can't imagine after having fasted for 40 days, still having the willpower to say, you know what? Get behind me, Satan. I will not be tempted by your lies. So, Lent is marked by fasting, both from food and festivities, whereas Easter, then Easter comes and we have this celebration of the resurrection, like Kathy said, of, of Jesus after his death on the cross. Lent recalls the events leading up to and including Jesus' crucifixion in Rome. Um, so, you know, a lot of times Christian churches and, and some significantly, um, I guess, observe Lent and some don't, and and that's okay. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, there's no right or wrong. Our church doesn't specifically, you know, celebrate, I guess, the Lenten season per se. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but I do think it's so important for us to reflect back on what Christ did for us there, during this yes. time.
0: It's some remembrance is what it it's is. It's a
2: remembrance, Miss Evelyn, to just give up, just... To, to sacrifice just something simple in our lives, or maybe it 's something big in our lives um, to to resemble what what Christ did for us, what a wonderful way to honor our Lord. you know Lent is really a physical action, miss mm-hmm. right I mean that is i done that's <laughs> a big thing to give something that that is a physical action to honor God, and we are called to action during this Easter season, and we'll be talking about that more on Love Talk today. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a wonderful time. Has there ever been a time you ever gave up something for Lent, Miss Evelyn? Yes. Yes.
0: Many times. Many and times. not just for Lent, when, when there was a great need in my body for nutrition, mm-hmm. or for, because I've had a lot of bugs in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Right. Uh, you, you, there's just some things you don't like. You don't even eat sugar if you've got this, mm-hmm. and you, you don't eat. You know, pepper, salt, pep- it's sugar and salt that are really the intimacy of each other. Yeah. It's kind of like, which one am I going to choose?
2: I think Ashley's really going through withdrawal from the chocolate. Like, he he loves the chocolate. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you buy that real dark chocolate. Yeah, that, the, that counts. That's healthy. Yeah, and that's the, healthy, I know. Yeah,
0: the well, nutritionist w- will recommend that. Moment.
2: When we return to Love Talk, friends, what are we called to action to do? During this Easter time, how are we called to love during this Easter season when we return to Love Talk right after this? Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are here with the Love Ladies and Love Talk on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater in studio with the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison. And our friend Kathy Indibrock, uh is also in studio today, not calling in from Boise, Idaho. We're just so thankful that she's here. We're called to action at Easter, friends. We're called to action at Easter. So I remember when I first started doing this show, it was about four and a half, five years ago, and the first time I heard Miss Evelyn use the term love field. She said, Well, Carrie, you know, God is going to give you a new love field. Now that you're not coaching college basketball, he's gonna give you a new love field. You have to look for it and you've got to be aware and know where God is pointing you. Miss Evelyn, it it floored me, and I have never forgotten that term that you love field. Where is your love field? field. Today, practical ways to actively find your love field. Now, Miss Evelyn, many years ago, you and, Evelyn, you and Van took a trip to Israel, mm-hmm. and you physically saw the a, love field. a field of love can, in Israel. Can you describe that to us? Well, it's
0: it's called the Eastern Gate, and it faces a mountain on one side. So you can stand on the mountain, look down over the valley, and there's that Eastern Gate. I'm not, I've am not forgotten what number it is, but eventually they closed all all of the gates in is, uh, in, in Jerusalem. Uh, but what the people believed is the greatest testimony of God's love and a love field that I've ever experienced. We stood on the mount at the hotel and I looked down over that valley, and it was filled with crosses. Mm. And so we asked the next day, we asked our guide, "Why? could we go down there? And he said, no, that's forbidden. And he explained to us that those were first century Christians who totally loved Jesus and believed in him, mm-hmm. who chose to be buried in that place. And the garbage dump was next to it because they loved Jesus and they wanted to be on the cross like he was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's an impact or a picture activity that stays with you. Mm-hmm. Because I wonder why all of them, you know, out there, and because the... one side is is the dump. And it was because... Jesus gave them a promise, "I will return and I'll come through the eastern gate," and they wanted to be the first. They wanted
1: to be the first ones there. I love that. Mm. Yeah, I have some friends that um they you know they have an agreement uh between the mom and the dad and the children that when they are all in heaven, whoever goes Mm. next to heaven. All the rest of them will meet that person at the Eastern Gate. Yes. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I, you know, there's this saying that a friend reminded me of uh, this past week. And she said, Kathy, don't ever forget. She says, you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. I just, I just love that. And, you know, Carrie, we have this verse and, and I'm, I'm going to read it because it is such an action. Uh, passage in scripture that talks about love and friends, I I want you to hear it because there's so many things that you can do that are good and wonderful things, but if they don't have love Mm. behind them, if love is not motivating them, God says, Hey, they count for nothing. They're worthless. But all of these things that you can do, if you first have love and you give out of love, then it is worth the world. And God just, that's that's the kind of life that God is looking for. That life where your action is motivated by love. And so I want to I want to read through this scripture for you. And friends, I'm telling you, you're gonna have heard this scripture before, um. But I want you to listen to it. I want you to hear all these amazing things that you can do. But God always says first and foremost. The priority here has to be the motivation of love. And it's straight from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. It talks about the power of love in action as a cornerstone for our life. And it says here, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, But I do not have love. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I don't have love. I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Love always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And friends, we are called to action today. Action motivated first and foremost by love. We get that love from God in that relationship with him as he pours it into us. We have the incredible privilege to pour that love out onto others.
2: You know, as we reflect on this Easter season, Kathy, Jesus displayed his ultimate love for us by taking on the sin of the world. I mean, obviously, that's what Easter is all about. But how do we display our love for others? There's many times in our lives where when we can see see, when we can physically see love displayed, love in action. Now, Miss Evelyn, you're 89 years old. You've been married Forever, Um, (laughs) seventy-two years. Seventy-two years is that right? Mm Seventy, yes. yes. Um, Can you tell us of a time that love was displayed to you?
0: Well, I guess uh, it would have to be on my fiftieth birthday. Um, I uh, had um, bilateral uh, surgery. Uh, Had um,
2: you had a mastectomy, bilateral mm -hmm. mastectomy, Mm -hmm. and
0: um, it was a very unusual kind of. um, uh, pain. I mean, it just was different. And I had one friend that would come once a week and sit down with me and figure out what I could eat. I, I just, you know, when you get to that point, you're just so sick, you just mm-hmm. don't know what to do. Yeah. But you know, the thing that stands in my mind was love was uh, the night that um, uh, I was to have the surgery the next morning for a double mastectomy, and Van was just brokenhearted because he'd. Uh, He had been uh, hunting for two weeks, and uh, he had not been involved in that part of it, other than when he got home. We, because I'm a free bleeder, and there are a lot of preparations that have to be done. And he, um, um, the doctors came in and told us uh, that it was double, and they were going, you know, what they were going to do. And he just broke out, just weeping, like you know, it was him. And so finally the doctors left us and it's four of them. And uh, Van just kept crying and he went to the bathroom to wash his face and he came back. And he said, uh, I'll tell you something. I will never thank God for you, for this. Mm. Never thank God for this. And I said, "Well, would you get in the bed with me and at least pray for me?" And and this is grueling, you know. You do, men sometimes don't know how to handle this situation, so he did. And so he and he just said, "Lord, you've taken our joy away." You know, he's just like putting it back on Lord Jesus. And and so I said something to him, and he said, "I will always love you, but I cannot. You know, uh, this is not going to be an issue with us." Well, the next morning after the surgery, and, you know, the doctors were just, you know, giddy because it was so um, controllable. And uh, Van said to me, he said, I want to tell you again, I'll never thank God for this. One year later, he came in from work, and he was smiling. And I said, do oh, you have a good day? And he said, yes, I did, and I want to tell you that God's good. And I'm going to thank him. Oh. <laughs> and he has given me joy. And, you know, it was something that just made an impact on my life mm-hmm. because, uh, I, you know, the person that loves you and that you love, there has to be that heart love, you know, that, that simplicity of knowing whatever happens, we will pray and God will control it or mm-hmm. help with it. So it was 25th anniversary. So what are we going to do on our anniversary? I'm not going to tell you when it is, but we're going to go to Europe.
1: Oh, that's going to be a fantastic Mm -hmm. trip.
0: We want to go where um, some of the disciples were and don't know yet. Ben's still working on it. Mm -hmm. He's a planner. But, you know, that expression of him coming in that day and telling me, I don't care where you need to go. I will quit my job and I will take you. Mm -hmm. And that was victory for him and he was happy with it. But, you know, it's not those big things sometimes that make you remember things. That was a big one. The other time is, you know, when you're living on a farm and you've got cows and horses and mules and you stuff, <laughs> and the kids don't clean their feet. <laughs> and they don't clean feet because Daddy doesn't clean feet. Yeah. You know, those are things that, that are part of life. But, yeah. man, has been, uh, it, he is just so faithful to help me do whatever it is that God's called me to do. Yeah. He
2: yeah. definitely displays love in action for you miss evelyn now and you girls have
0: too So i have to say that (laughs) oh my gosh my girls Mm. (laughs) i I don't call you like girls i call you the ladies of love i love ladies
2: oh well we're so thankful for you miss evelyn and we feel the love in the room every time now kathy do you have a time when you displayed love a story you would like to share oh my goodness when i
1: displayed love i mean for me it, it you know, it's so funny, Carrie, because when I read through this question, I thought you were asking me the exact same question that you asked Miss Evelyn. So I <laughs> yeah. now, now I had a story for the other. Now I'm trying to think of it. Gosh, am I a loving person? When have I displayed love? Okay, well, I will tell you, when I moved from Australia to the United States and we moved to Texas and I said goodbye to all of my friends and I came to, we, we uh, lived in Texas in Round Rock, And, um, I just, I was at a period of time where I was like, oh, I want some friends and I want some friends. And I went to church and all of these ladies had this friendship group and I just couldn't figure out like how to break into the friendship group. Like I, (laughs) I was like, I have no friends whatsoever. And I was telling Eric, I have no friends. Like I have no friends here. I have Mm -hmm. been here like six months and I do not have a friend and I have nobody who, you know, I would go, would call me and go out to lunch or anything like that and, and, um, so I was, my mom told me, Kathy, baby, you just pray about it. You just pray about it. And so I was praying about it. Like, Lord, bring me a friend. You know, you said Abraham was your friend. Yeah. You even had friends. I have no <laughs> friends. No friends. <laughs> and, and, and so he just kind of spoke to me and he's like, don't worry about getting friends. I just want you to, to be, be a friend. friend. Hmm. And so I started looking in God's word and looking at How, what is a good friend? What does that look like? How do I just be a friend? And I mean, now I have the most glorious friends. I mean, that, and, and, you know, I mean, cause this was one of the most difficult things for me moving to Idaho. I'm like, Lord, my heart is here (laughs) in all of my friends, you know, with Austin and now you're calling me to leave them. That's ridiculous. And, um, but you know, I've learned how to be a friend. And once you learn how to be a friend, mm-hmm. no matter where you go, you can be a friend and you will
2: then be, you will get friends. Well, when your love is in action, Kathy, yes. that is amazing. People are drawn to you and what an answer to prayer. That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Friends, when we return more about how God's love calls us to action, especially during this Easter time when we return to Love Talk right after this.
1: And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Endebrock with Love Talk in the studio today with Coach Carrie Breengater and the beautiful Mrs. Evelyn Davison. Oh. We're having so much fun, uh, friends, just talking with you on this beautiful Saturday in Austin, Texas. And, uh, friends, again, if you ever want to go back and check out our archives, if, if you're joining us for the first time, you go, well, these, these gals are kind of unique. What is their, what's their message? What are they all about? You can go check out our archives at uh, lovetalknetwork.com. And we'll be happy for you to write questions into us. You can visit us on our Facebook page as well and send us the questions that you have. We're always happy to incorporate those into a radio program for the future. Well, Carrie, so we went out. We're talking about love in action and Easter and the love that we saw Christ um, the, how he gave his life for us. It was love in action. And we were kind of sharing stories about when we've seen love displayed or when we've displayed love towards others, you know, we're not going to let you off the hook. So, um,
0: <laughs> of course. We're waiting for this. <laughs>
2: you know, I, I've got to go back to last summer whenever my daddy was sick and, um, he ended up in the hospital and then, kind of in this rehab center and i tell you friend oh. he had so many people come visit him every single day there was not a day that went by i feel like almost an hour that went by that he didn't have somebody coming to see him and that was 20 days that he was in the hospital or in this facility before he passed away and it just brought tears to my eyes that men would leave work on their um, lunch hour and come and pray with my dad. Hmm. I, I heard over and over again, your dad, Carrie, has impacted my life in amazing ways. This is the least I could do is come and pray with him. This is the least I could do to come and sit with him. And, you know, there were times when mom and I would just need to leave and and go get a bite to eat or whatever, and we didn't want to leave Daddy very much. But friends would come and sit with him. Friends would stay until nine, ten o'clock at night until Dad was settled. And it, it, that love that was displayed to my parents—it was, you know, it was to my mom too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, oh, um, it has to be right. It, that it was so beautiful to watch and to see that. And I, you know, Kathy, it kinda of goes back to what you said that the Lord just told you, you know, be a friend. And I guess that's what my dad did. He was a friend to many. And so many people loved him. And I you know, I, I reflect back on that time and I, I think to myself, If if I'm in the bed and I'm about to pass away. Who will come see me? Mm-hmm. What have I done to, to be a light to others? How have I put my love into action to impact other people's lives? And I tell you, it has spurred me <laughs> to be more intentional with my friends. I'm sometimes I'm a horrible friend and I tell my friends that all the time. I'm a horrible friend. Um, because I don't, I'm not super intentional about picking up the phone or shooting a text mm-hmm. message or asking to coffee, but, just watching that love displayed to my parents has spurred me to be a better friend. And that is love in action, Miss Evelyn. Yep. It's taking, it's taking time out of your day to do something for someone else. Like you said, Kathy, early on, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. These people were giving love to my family. And it was just a beautiful time. Um, sorry, I get a little emotional when I talk about it. I'm sure y'all can hear that in my voice. But God's love calls us to action. So what are some other ways we can do this? So how are we called to action for others that are thirsting for love, that we see that they just need us? You know, Love is a verb, and the phrase, I thirst, was the life verse and theme of Mother Teresa. She founded the Order of the Missionaries of Charity and Mother Teresa's Home for the Dying in every home for the dying around the world, where they take in the poorest of the poor, there's a picture of Jesus hanging on the cross mm-hmm. and underneath the words I thirst. He wants us. He thirsts for us. Um, Mother Teresa said that it's our duty to quench the thirst of Christ by helping those in need. Oh man, you know and Miss Evelyn, there's a some scripture that takes us through. it's in John 1928 and 29 of a soldier giving Jesus a drink
0: you know that is um, a statement that uh, would change anybody's life mm-hmm. that you know a soldier would do that mm-hmm. but it turned out it it was not um a happy thing right, uh, right. It, but jesus asked for help mm-hmm. he was thirsty mm-hmm. and um uh, in john 19 28 29 it's, says, after this, you know, he was sacrificing his life. We knew mm-hmm. that, the part that you talked about. After this, Jesus knew that everything had been done for him. Mm-hmm. So that the scripture would come true, he said, I am thirsty. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of strange that at that point of such high pain, mm-hmm. he was thirsty. Mm-hmm. And there was a jar full of vinegar there, and so the soldiers picked it up and sponged it, you know, together and... Put the sponge on a branch, uh, branch, a tree branch, and lifted it to Jesus' mouth. Mm -hmm. And it was just simply the quincent of thirst immediately before his death. I mean, he didn't have one more thing to do Mm -hmm. before he went to be with the father.
1: You know, Evelyn and and I have heard uh this passage preached on and and, and I'll tell you this, I don't know if anyone here has ever taken straight vinegar. Ugh. Okay? It does not quench thirst. No. It burns. Mm. It yeah. burns. And wow, you know, satisfying the thirst of Jesus. That's that's pretty incredible, friends. And while Jesus we we can't we can't travel fast. back in in time, right? Jesus has asked and he has mm-hmm. said, "Hey, What you do for others, do in my name, as if you're doing unto me. I mean, that's, and, and you know, he speaks about this in Scripture, that whatever we do for others, we do in his name as unto Christ. And so we can't really travel back in time here. But, boy, if I could, I'd love to hand him a bottle full of Evian and just pour some (laughs) nice, nice water down his throat. Mm -hmm. Because instead, he got vinegar that would burn his lips burn his throat friends i I just want to ask you today even you know those who would be followers of christ who are um are are out there in a dry and thirsty land do you see those who are thirsty and when we see those who are thirsty are we giving them water Mm -hmm. or are we giving them vinegar we Mm -hmm. need to make sure as followers of Christ that we are not pouring vinegar giving offering up vinegar to someone who is thirsty we need to be offering water and that is the word of god mm-hmm. and um it, and i want to tell you when when we look at this dry and weary land that we live in there's This uh, passage in Amos, chapter 10, verses 11 through 13, and it gives a really unique picture, uh, possibly very much where we're at today. And Mm -hmm. Amos says, God says in this scripture, "...the time is surely coming when I will send a famine on the land. It will not be a famine of bread or water, but it will be a famine of hearing the words of the Lord." People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Beautiful girls and strong young men will grow faint in that day thirsting for the Lord's Mm -hmm. word. And so, friends, when you see people, you see people searching for meaning, searching for purpose, searching for significance. Uh, We see people that are making horrible decisions with their life are we giving them, are we meeting them first and foremost with love and the word of God? Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it makes me think, Carrie, of when we had Monica Klein on the show and mm-hmm. she said, you know, compassion without the truth of God's word leads to very destructive mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. But I'd also say that God's word, without being filtered through love and compassion, is going to be like vinegar in, in when some people are pretty thirsty and I've known people in my life who do use God's word as more like a, a, a weapon mm. rather than uh, water. And um, so but friends, we need to have God's word on our mind, God's word on our heart, God's word on our lips. We need to be sharing the truth of what he has done for us. And as Peter says, to be prepared to share the truth of that hope that we have with others who are in this, um, in this dry and weary land with a thirst for good things.
2: Absolutely. And I, I think it's important, Kathy, for us to be sensitive to those who are around us who are spiritually thirsty, emotionally thirsty, um, physically thirsty. What, what can we do? Why is it important? To consider how someone may be suffering internally, even when it looks like they have it all together on the outside. You know, I think about this all the time, and I I say this to my kids. I'm like, well, everybody's normal until you get to know them. <laughs> right? I say that about myself a lot too. You yeah, know, I'm pretty normal until you get to know me, and I and I think that's very true. We 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 might look at somebody across church or at school or in our social social circles and say, oh, they've got it all together. Man, their marriage is so nice. Wow, you know, their job, they just, they they really enjoy it. And, oh, their kids are so well-mannered. But I tell you, friends, everybody has something. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a past hurt. Everybody has a need. Everybody has something. Mm -hmm. And so, to be sensitive to that is, um, I think, something we have to continually ask God for, Miss Evelyn, to to open our hearts to others, and and how to pursue love. What does God's love and action really call me to do? Well, in John fifteen twelve, it says, "This is my commandment, that you love one another." As I have loved you. I think back to like this kid song that plays through my head. This is my commandment. That you love one another.
0: Oh, that your joy
2: it. may be full. Right? I will spare you, my friends, with my singing. i sorry, sorry. about that. <laughs> well, it's running started. through my head. Right? And then John thirteen thirty five. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Right. You know, I'll never forget the time I was um, teaching a racquetball class at Southwestern. And I had this kid come up to me. It was about halfway through the semester, and she was a first year. She was a freshman at school, and she looked at me, and she said, Coach, you're different. Are, are you a believer? You're, you're a believer, right? And I said, I am. And she said, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to find someone else who's a believer. And I just thought, what on earth did I do to set me apart so that she would ask me that question? But I guess I just loved on her, and I just showed her God's love, and she recognized that in me. What a blessing, because I know I wasn't showing that every single day, but for her, I was a blessing. And so I think, you know, God's love and action calls us to be that blessing. Friends, we have one more segment when we return to Love Talk, just practical ways that we can continue to show God's love in action during this Easter time, right here on Love Talk.
1: And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Endebrock with Love Talk in the studio today with Coach Carrie Brinkater and the beautiful Mrs. Evelyn Davison. We're having so much fun, Lord, uh, friends, just talking with you on this beautiful Saturday in Austin, Texas. And, uh, friends, again, if you ever want to go back and check out our archives, if, if you're joining us for the first time, you go, well, these. These gals are kind of unique. What is their, what's their message? What are they all about? You can go check out our archives at uh, lovetalknetwork.com and we'll be happy for you to write questions into us. You can visit us on our Facebook page as well and uh, send us the questions that you have. We're always happy to incorporate those into a radio program for the future. Well, Carrie, so we went out, we're talking about love in action and Easter and the love that we saw Christ um, the, how he gave his life for us—it was love in action. Nice, so- and we were kind of sharing stories about when we've seen love displayed, or when we've displayed love towards others. You know, we're not going to let you off the hook. So, <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> of course, we're waiting for this. One. <laughs>
2: you know, I, I've got to go back to last summer. Whenever my daddy was sick, and um, he ended up in the hospital, and then kind of in this rehab center, and I tell you, friend, oh. he had so many people come visit him every single day. There was not a day that went by, I feel like, almost an hour that went by that he didn't have somebody coming to see him, and that was 20 days that he was in the hospital or in this facility before he passed away. And... It just brought tears to my eyes that men would leave work on their um, lunch hour and come and pray with my dad. Hmm. I, I heard over and over again, your dad, Carrie, has impacted my life in amazing ways. This is the least I could do is come and pray with him. This is the least I could do to come and sit with him. And, you know, there were times when mom and I would just need to leave and and go get a bite to eat or whatever, and we didn't want to leave Daddy very much. But friends would come and sit with him. Friends would stay until 9, 10 o'clock at night until Dad was settled. And it, it, that love that was displayed to my parents, it you know, it was to my mom too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, oh, it um, has to be. Right? That it was so beautiful to watch and to see that. And I, you know, Kathy, it kind of goes back to what you said that the Lord just told you, you know, be a friend. And I guess that's what my dad did. He was a friend to many. And so many people loved him. And I, you know, I, I reflect back on that time and I, I think to myself, if if I'm in the bed and i'm about to pass away who will come see me what have i done to to be a light to others how have i put my love into action to impact other people's lives and I tell you, it has spurred me <laughs> to be more intentional with my friends. I'm sometimes I'm a horrible friend, and I tell my friends that all the time. I'm a horrible friend um, because I don't. I'm not super intentional about picking up the phone or shooting a text mm-hmm. message or asking to coffee. But just watching that love displayed to my parents has spurred me to be a better friend. And that is love in action, Miss Evelyn. Yep. It's taking. It's taking time out of your day to do something for someone else. Like you said, Kathy, early on, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. These people were giving love to my family, and it was just a beautiful time. Um, sorry, I get a little emotional when I talk about it. I'm sure y'all can hear that in my voice. But God's love calls us to action. So what are some other ways we can do this? So how are we called to action for others that are thirsting for love, that we see that they just need us? You know, love is a verb, and the phrase, I thirst, was the life verse and theme of Mother Teresa. She founded the Order of the Missionaries of Charity and Mother Teresa's Home for the Dying. In every Home for the Dying around the world, where they take in the poorest of the poor, there's a picture of Jesus hanging on the cross, mm-hmm. and underneath the words, I thirst. I thirst. He wants us. He thirsts for us. Um, Mother Teresa said that it's our duty to quench the thirst of Christ by helping those in need. Oh, man. You know, and Miss Evelyn, there's a, some scripture that takes us through. It's in John nineteen twenty-eight and 29 of a soldier giving Jesus a drink.
0: You know, that is um, a statement that uh, would change anybody's life. Mm. that you know a soldier would do that mm-hmm. but it turned out it it was not um a happy thing
2: right uh, right
0: that jesus asked for help mm-hmm. he was thirsty mm-hmm. and um uh, in john 19 28 29 is Says after this, you know, he was sacrificing his life. We knew that mm-hmm. the part that you talked about. After this, Jesus knew that everything had been done for him, mm-hmm. so that the scripture would come true. He said, "I am thirsty." Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of strange that at that point of such high pain, mm-hmm. he was so thirsty. Mm-hmm. And there was a jar full of vinegar there, and so the soldiers picked it up and sponged it, you know, together and put the sponge on a branch, uh, branch, a tree branch, and lifted it to Jesus' mouth. Mm -hmm. And it was just simply the quincean of thirst immediately before his death. I mean, he didn't have one more thing to do Mm -hmm. before he went to be with the father.
1: You know, Evelyn and and I have heard uh this passage preached on and and, and I'll tell you this, I don't know if anyone here has ever taken straight vinegar, oh. okay? It does not quench thirst. No. It burns. Mm-hmm. It yeah. burns. And wow, you know, satisfying the thirst of Jesus. That's that's pretty incredible, friends. And while Jesus we we can't we can't travel ask. back in in time, right? Jesus has asked and he mm-hmm. said, "Hey, what you do for others, do in my name, as if you're doing unto me. I mean, that's, and, and you know, he speaks about this in Scripture, that whatever we do for others, we do in his name as unto Christ. And so we can't really travel back in time here. But, boy, if I could, I'd love to hand him a bottle full of Evian and just pour some <laughs> nice, nice water down his throat. Because instead, he got... Vinegar that would burn his lips, burn his throat. Friends, I, I just want to ask you today, even, you know, those who would be followers of Christ who are, um, are are out there in a dry and thirsty land, do you see those who are thirsty? And when we see those who are thirsty, are we giving them water mm-hmm. or are we giving them vinegar? We need mm-hmm. to make sure as followers of Christ, that we are not pouring vinegar, giving, offering up vinegar to someone who is thirsty. We need to be offering water, and that is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and I want to tell you, when, when we look at this dry and weary land that we live in, there's This uh, passage in Amos chapter 10 verses 11 through 13, and it gives a really a unique picture, uh, possibly very much where we're at today. And Amos Mm -hmm. says, God says in this scripture, the time is surely coming when I will send a famine on the land. It will not be a famine of bread or water, but it will be a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border searching for the word of the Lord. But they will not find it. Beautiful girls and strong young men will grow faint in that day thirsting for the Lord's Mm. word. And so, friends, when you see people, you see people searching for meaning, searching for purpose, searching for significance, Uh, We see people that are making horrible decisions with their life. Are we giving them? Are we meeting them first and foremost with love and the word of God? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it makes me think, Carrie, of when we had Monica Klein on the show and Mm -hmm. she said, you know, compassion without the truth of God's word leads to very Mm -hmm. destructive Mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. But I'd also say that God's word, without being filtered through love and compassion is going to be like vinegar in, in when some people are pretty thirsty. And I've known people in my life who do use God's word as more like, uh, uh, a weapon Mm. rather than, uh, water. And, um, so, but friends, we need to have God's word on our mind, God's word on our heart, God's word on our lips. We need to be sharing the truth of what he has done for us, and as Peter says, to be prepared to share the truth of that hope that we have with others who are in this, um, in this dry and weary land with a thirst for good things.
2: Absolutely, and I, I think it's important, Kathy, for us to be sensitive to those who are around us who are spiritually thirsty, emotionally thirsty, um, physically thirsty. What, what can we do? Why is it important? To consider how someone may be suffering internally, even when it looks like they have it all together on the outside. You know, I think about this all the time, and I I say this to my kids. I'm like, well, everybody's normal until you get to know them. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I say that about myself a lot too. Yeah, I'm pretty normal until you get to know me. And I and I think that's very true. We 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 might look at somebody across church or at school or in our social social circles and say, oh, they've got it all together. Man, their marriage is so nice. Wow. You know, their job, they just, they they really enjoy it. And, oh, their kids are so well-mannered. But I tell you, friends, everybody has something. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Everybody has a past hurt. Everybody has a need. Everybody has something. And so to be sensitive to that is um I think something we have to continually ask God for, Miss Evelyn, to to open our hearts to others and and how to pursue love. What does God's love and action really call me to do? Well in John fifteen twelve it says, This is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you i think back to like this kids song that plays through my head this is my commandment that you love one another oh, that your I joy you. may be full right i will spare you my friends with my singing I'm sorry sorry about that <laughs> It's just running through me. my head right and then john 13:35 by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another wow. You know, I'll never forget the time I was um, teaching a racquetball class at Southwestern, and I had this kid come up to me. it was about halfway through the semester, and she was a first year, she was a freshman at school, and she looked at me and she said, "Coach, you're different."